0: physical, mental, emotional and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Crescent podcast. Well, things are getting a little busier for me, which is exciting because I am now doing weekly recipes and weekly product reviews on the blog. So there's always going to be fresh content for you guys to go and find. And as I said in a recent Instagram video, I'm really excited about the product reviews because my goal is to make it a great resource for you guys to go eventually on my website when there's quite a few search for a product that you're interested in and get a really great in depth breakdown of that product so I always list out all the ingredients and then I give in-depth information on each of the ingredients what they are what they're made from and then I list the EWG the environmental working groups rating for those ingredients and they base ingredients Ingredient ratings off of a scale of 1 to 10 basically on how safe they are how non-toxic they are so I list all of those out so you can see exactly how clean any product that I'm reviewing is And then decide if you want to try it out or not and not all of them are going to be raving reviews the goal is to honestly review products that I have tried or am currently using and just share my thoughts on them in terms of their effectiveness and then in terms of how safe they are to be using on a daily basis so very excited for that you guys can tune in every week to find you know a recipe of the week a product review of the week and then any other articles that (laughs) I decide on, you know, putting out for that week and of course the weekly podcast episodes. So lots going on, lots more to do, but I'm really loving it and it's it's so nice to be able to bring you guys consistent, really great information. So on to today's episode, I am interviewing an Ayurvedic practitioner in Portugal. Her name is Irina I hope I'm saying it right. She is originally from Belgium and really shares her story of how she, like many, worked in the corporate world, but just had burnout after burnout. And finally, after taking a sabbatical found yoga and ayurveda medicine and absolutely fell in love with it she went to india to study and become licensed and now actually lives in portugal where she practices and today is a really unique interesting talk because we look at each of the dosha types and how each type might specifically be struggling during this time of quarantine and what some of those specific struggles might be for those doshas, and then how, based on your dosha type, you can work to bring balance back and sort of counteract some of those symptoms. For those who are totally new to Ayurveda, definitely go back and listen to my first episode on Ayurveda with a different Ayurvedic practitioner, and we really dive into all of the basics of the practice, the lifestyle. I will link that in the show notes below. But today we really focus on what each dosha type can do to, again, bring themselves back into balance and what imbalance might look like for each dosha type during this time. And then towards the end, we start talking a little bit about eating habits, when the best time is to eat, if snacking is okay, which doshas should be snacking which doshas shouldn't be snacking so it's just a fun you know quick little episode that i thought was really relevant and a fresh take on this quarantine time and how each of us might be processing it and going through it so with that enjoy this interview with irina Well, Irina, thank you so much for coming on the Crescent Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on and go over some more Ayurveda tips today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. So I always start with having the guest give their own background, mm-hmm. just so we get to know you better and we can just kind of understand the road that you went on to get to where you are today.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: my name is Irina.
1: I am originally from Belgium. And I moved to Portugal about three years ago uh, in search of a better life, a life in the sun. Uh, <laughs> and I'm very much enjoying it at the moment. Um, I, was, I was leading a corporate lifestyle, working for a corporate for 10 years before I made this move. Um, and what made me decide to do this is a series of um, burnouts that I had working um, you know in high stress environment and with company ethics that didn't always agree with my personal ones and um, I just knew like if I if I keep changing job it's just gonna go like on like this forever and ever and I had a yoga practice already for about eight years um, when I decided to go traveling I took a sabbatical from my job for six months and there I, I decided that I would go to yoga teacher training and um, uh, start organizing retreats because that sort of linked my, my corporate experience, like in all things marketing, with um, yoga. And then in my first uh, yoga teacher training, I, um, we had an introduction to Ayurveda. And uh, since a long time, I was interested in the relationship between um, health and food. And it's just clicked for me, you know. Um, It made so much sense that I decided, oh, I I need to know more. And um, yeah, I I returned to India um, and then studied uh, Ayurveda for a few months, got my diploma. And um, then I moved to Portugal. So that's, in a nutshell, <laughs> the wow. story of the last 10 years of my life. <laughs>
0: of... That was, so I'm curious, just selfishly, what, why Portugal specifically? Was it just, you know, something that came to mind first? Um, no, not really. It was more,
1: um, I was traveling and I spent some time in Australia, in Bali, in India, and I loved all those places. I could easily live there. Um, but it's so far away from my family. So if I knew, I knew if I would move there that I, I, would, I wouldn't yeah, get many visitors, it would be very difficult for me to go home and visit. So I knew it had to be somewhere in, in southern Europe. And I didn't know Portugal very well. So I um, accepted a volunteer assignment working for an eco project. For a couple of months to just see if I liked it, and I really did. <laughs> and so I never looked back. Like I didn't, I didn't even consider Spain or France. Or um, I had lived a while in Italy, and and that's also very nice. But yeah, I I just fell in love with Portugal. So.
0: But I love that. So that is really powerful, though, that you actually went to India mm-hmm. to study Ayurveda because that's really where it originated from. Is that correct?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think in a lot of texts you see that that the origin is placed in Kerala, but I actually think it's more in uh, the Himalayas, um, closer to like where Pakistan is currently. So yeah, that's where in well, that's where it originated in in India or where it was wow. written anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. And what was that experience like? Was it just completely mind-blowing, eye-opening? Going to India. or Going to India, learning it there, just in such an authentic yeah. environment.
1: Yeah, it, it was. I mean, India is definitely an experience <laughs> going there, uh, traveling by myself. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really nice because not everybody lives this lifestyle. And, and I would even say that a lot of people try to catch up with the West. Um, but it's very interesting that because of that, we now see diabetes and, and typical Western diseases on the rise in in, in this country. Um, but there is still a tradition and lineages and different schools. And yeah, it, it was very special to, to study and learn in the place where a lot of people do still live it um you know it's it's being passed from generation to generation and it's yeah it's it was wonderful
0: yeah it's not just you know here honestly very very few people even know what ayurveda medicine mm-hmm. is you say it and they're like is that a disease i don't know what that means yeah. <laughs> so i mean it's just it's so beautiful to to think that people are like this is something that is just being passed down yes. as common knowledge. It's so wonderful. And I'm so excited to get into today's discussion because we I previously had another Ayurveda practitioner mm-hmm. on, but it was just a very general look at Ayurveda, kind of going over the different doshas, what kind of the characteristics of each of them are. And so today we're going to get into doshas during quarantine which I think obviously is so relevant and I love that this is something that you're even touching on it's so unique to me Mm -hmm. and so you know you're going to kind of share with us like maybe some of the things you're feeling based on your certain dosha during this quarantine and then specific things you can do Mm -hmm. to really help yourself get through this and kind of sort of live as optimally as possible during this time Mm yeah yeah i'm gonna let you kind of lead the way from here wherever you want to start whichever dosha you think is best to start with take it away okay
1: well let's start with vata because in general i mean for a lot of, of people our age this is the first time that something so global something so invasive and powerful is happening and vata dosha is getting aggravated so it causes like the whole the fear around the pandemic and you know the fear of getting ill the fear of dying the fear that your neighbor might infect you and the whole um, system around this disease is causing like a global rise in anxiety and everybody can feel this like it's it's like the um, the global consciousness. Um, if I can explain it like that. So Vata is uh, rising, which means that everybody feels it, not just the Vata type people, um, but also Pitta and uh, Kapha people. So everybody is more or less affected by uh, being in, in this global uh, pandemic. And then if we go look at the, the different doshas and how they um, you know exhibit symptoms of imbalance of Vata, Imbalance could look like, um, so even like a lot of anxiety, um, lots of ticks and movement, um, very high stress level, unable to calm down, insomnia. um, And the other side of uh, Vata imbalance could be um, a dry skin, um, constipation, so uh, starting to get gut problems, um, so all these things are signs of vata imbalance. And a vata dominant person. So that's how we call a person. So we have all the three doshas in us. Everybody does. So it's it's not that you know you're just a vata or you're just a pitta. It's it's not like that. But um, a person who has dominantly vata energy, the vata vata dosha is comprised of uh, air and ether elements. So they have no or very little grounding. And that's what they need, especially in times of stress and even more elevated uh, Vata due to you know, their own circumstances and due to the global circumstances. Um, And grounding can be, you know, going into nature, um, eating foods that are really grounding. So warm foods, comfort foods like um, porridge or stews or something like that. Um, And also um, being around people, which obviously was very difficult during the quarantine. So Vata would suffer a lot from the loss of connection with other people because they love being around other people. They're very talkative. um, And then... When that falls away, that closeness falls away, they, yeah, it, it just feels very uncomfortable and it will trigger a lot of anxiety and might even lead to panic attacks, um, obsessive uh, compulsive disorder, and other um, vata, uh, deep, deep vata imbalances.
0: So, yeah, so walk us through, you know, let's say someone has a more vata dominant personality. Mm. With those things in particular, they, they're craving closeness, they, they're craving touch. What are some things they can do in that sense to mm. help them overcome some of that?
1: Yeah. Well, um, if they are really completely in quarantine, then um, self-massage is a very good one. So you take some coconut oil or sesame oil and you rub it all over your body and um, frequent calls with friends and loved ones. So if you, if one of your friends is, hi, Vata, um, you can't, you know, you can't make them happier than than to give them a call or send them a message that you're thinking of them so that they, you know, or even send like a care package or something so that they know that they are loved and um, not forgotten. <laughs> so I, yeah, I already spoke about going outside and being in nature, um, if it's possible, with bare feet. Um, and other grounding practices like meditation, um, very gentle yoga, slow yoga, slow breathing exercises, um, bringing a lot of relaxation and also having a creative outlet so that a lot of this fatah, this really busy energy, that it can have an outlet in something that is positive in, instead of letting it go into anxiety um, and and chaos and um all those things that that Vata can turn into. So practicing art or music is also really good for Vata.
0: And real quickly, I know we should have done this at the beginning, but can you just quickly touch on some of the main characteristics of each of the doshas? So like Mm -hmm. you just said, Vata is more um, airy, they're kind of busy-minded. Just real quick, so we have that in our mind as we go through Mm -hmm. this and people can kind of... Oh, that sounds like me. Okay, I'm going to listen to this part, especially. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, so Vata is really the creative, um, the most creative person. They're very uh, spiritual um, because they have this air and either element and no grounding. So they often, they have a very good imagination and they're very connected to their intuition in general. They are very creative and out of the box thinkers. Uh, very uh, solution oriented. Um, yeah, so you will, you'll often see Vata in a typical creative uh, professions like designers, musicians, um, artists of any kind. And and then the Pita element, the Pita personality or mind or Ayurvedic mind body type is uh, how we call it, um, has both fire and water elements. And we usually call it the fire type because it has more um, fire than, than water. But so there's a little bit more grounding, um, a little bit more stability to um, the pita element. And um, these these people are usually um, found in leadership positions. They are the uh, managers, politicians, um Business owners and the KAFA um, dominant person is very caring. Uh, it's one of the main properties of a kapha type person. So they're very patient. Um, they ha- they are comprised of the water and earth elements, so they are super stable. Um, they they are people who very much like their routines and don't like change at all. So the polar opposite of Fata who thrives on change, who, you know, wants change, Kafa is not like that. They are, you know, they have their they have their lifestyle and that's what they're sticking to. They found what's working for them. Um, and that's that's what yeah, what they what they do. And um Kafa type personalities are often found in um, professions like uh, nursing, doctors, vets. So anything that is, um, that has that caring element.
0: Okay, so let's do Pitta in quarantine.
1: So um, while Vata is dying of loneliness (laughs) almost, um, they really want people around them. A Pitta kind of person when he is out of balance can get very irritated, so there might be you know anger outbursts and tantrums and things like that. So, being around the Pita is during quarantine is probably not the nicest experience all the time to have. <laughs> 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 and Pita will also they want they want projects they you know they want to lead they want to go forward they have this immense drive. Um, to accomplish things, they're very ambitious creatures. Um, so, this whole crisis has probably halted a lot of projects and things that Pitas were working on, just like you know for all the other types as well. Um, but Pitas, then you know, they pivot and they're already working on something else because they have to keep their mind busy because that makes them feel good. Um, but it can also uh, make them go even more out of balance, and a pita out of balance um, can result in in symptoms like uh, irritability like I, I said before, and anger, um, but also like skin eruptions like acne or um, itches or rashes um, and things things like that. To bring a Peta back into balance, they well, they first of all need also an outlet for their energy. So it's it's it is good for a Peta to have their projects, um, but they also need to be able to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and take care of their relationships, because with all their drive and ambition and and their single focus, they are really prone to you know forgetting everybody. Um, around them and, and yeah, just having this re- this single focus on, on their project. So it's all about, you know, finding the balance and, and not going too much in one direction, but also, you know, looking what is missing from your elements and then adding that to your lifestyle so that, that you bring everything uh, into balance. Um, PITAs really uh, need to learn how to do things just for fun. Uh, you know that that you it's not necessary to be an absolute master in anything that in everything that you that you learn. So you know just playing or learning something just for the sake of it um, is a challenge but also very very necessary one for um, Pita.
0: So like projects you know in this time in particular, because they have this need to keep going, keep mm-hmm. doing you know maybe some of their business projects, are put on hold. And so now it's like, okay, I, I can find projects to do within the house exactly for their type in particular. That's a great way to kind of get that energy mm-hmm. out and bring down some of that fiery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And also like organizing, you know, if there is a family that is particularly um, affected by COVID, you know, maybe. Um, and then finally, um, a PITA really needs to remember to also rest and have downtime and relaxation time because this is when the body recovers. Uh, and we have so much coming at us, and maybe there is a lot of worries also in the pitta's person in the pitta person's life. Um, and stress is always going to affect our body, so rest um, and relaxation is really important. And a pitta, you know, they will spend their free time learning something, you know, like reading books or, or doing courses or something like that. And that's good, you know, it keeps them occupied. But also remembering that, um, you know, a meditation or just lying on the sofa, staring at the ceiling is very beneficial for Pita. And they will hate it, <laughs> for sure. But it's something that, that yeah, that they, that they have to learn, um, letting go of things, you know, not having so much, Um, attachment to their goals and and letting things run their course
0: yeah i love that because i read that in your blog Mm -hmm. post about how you know meditation for pitta is one of the hardest things Mm -hmm. for them to do yeah because they always want to be going 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 but because of that if they can learn to quiet their mind just for little moments throughout the day it can be so so beneficial Mm -hmm. exactly
1: yeah and it's the same for vata so both vata and pitta are always busy Fata is more busy in a chaotic way and Pitta is the you know is busy in in the one direction kind of way but they're both very busy types. So they both need to balance that busyness with relaxation and rest and meditation is one of the best um, ways to do
0: that. Okay now I know that I am Kapha dominant mm-hmm. so I'm Yeah for this part. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so we already uh, mentioned that Kaffa type persons are very caring and that they like their uh, routines. And a Kafa in quarantine, you just you want to be in quarantine with a kaffa because they're, they're gonna be so nurturing and taking care of you and your needs, but they often forget their own so they're so busy trying to please everybody else that they you know they can get completely depleted trying to look after other people so that's a very that's a strong pitfall for um kafas and another way that a kafa could potentially deal with a situation like this is the opposite direction and like going into lethargy and depression and not wanting to get off the couch and yeah not not having this uh, spark for life and and just yeah no motivation at all to do anything and just you know switching on netflix and then and, and sleeping and napping and eating also kafas have a very um big love of food and, and eating um and kafas have the, the the strongest grounding the water and earth elements so, what they need is actually a kick up there, <laughs> behind, <laughs> uh, to get moving and to get that stagnant energy out of their body. So, while the recommendation recommendations for um, Pitta and Vata in general in general are relax, relax, and rest, for Kapha it is get moving, <laughs> yeah, do something, get out of your, you know, get out of your normal routine, even if it's just like a small change, uh, take a trip or maybe not possible in quarantine, but, um, you know, change something in your diet or start uh, exercise routine, even though, you know, it's only adding one minute of high intensity training or, or one minute of walking or it could be anything, but just starting to get out of the stagnant energy when kapha is out of balance um, is really important. A lot of a lot of kafas will probably be found in the kitchen, cooking up some really nice dishes for the whole family. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we've seen a surge in in baking <laughs> during the during the quarantine. So that there has been definitely a lot of cafe uh, going, cafe energy going on there. Um, but cafe is also the the type that has the most. Um, potential to be overweight so they're not overweight uh, per se but if they're out of balance then they can be a big a bit uh, bigger so try to cook uh, healthily not using too much oil and sugar in your cooking is going to be very beneficial for kathos.
0: Yeah I feel that so much and I've seen how I've kind of gone through the two sides of the Kafa during this quarantine of, you know, one day I'm like, just really motivated, really caring, wanting to reach out to everyone. And the next day I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, no motivation. Don't want to do anything. Don't want to leave the house, you know, even to just like go on a walk. And so, but I do really struggle with that. My energy is so steady, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I do, I really need, it's like, okay, come on, time to go, get up, let's get moving. You know, let's, uh, put the gas on a little yeah. bit harder.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing is not putting the gas on harder for the people around you, but to put the gas on harder for practicing self-care and really noticing, really becoming aware of what it is that you need. And maybe, you know, kafas also need me time and space for themselves. Um, so it's, it's about looking at what's missing in your life and trying to also bring, that back into your life so if you've been caring too much of other people that might result in you not being able to get off the couch because you are so tired and then as soon as you have that energy again you feel you feel guilt because you have let the people around you down and so you go back into caring a lot a lot a lot giving everything and going back to you know the lethargy and the couch because. Um, It was too much. So finding that balance in there, taking care of others and taking care of yourself is going to be very important for Kalfa.
0: And it sounds like it's just the more we can begin to recognize these are sort of my inherent defaults Mm -hmm. in how I function and how I go about life and how I respond to change and stress and fear. Being able to recognize that then allows us to do exactly what you're sharing with us today, which is okay, this is, you know, we're in kind of a crazy situation right now. And now I can kind of expect how my personality, how my brain is going to respond. Mm -hmm. And I can almost set in these foolproof ways to kind of get through this Mm -hmm. time. But it all starts with that deep, deep self-knowing. Exactly. Yeah. So now correct me if I'm wrong, but there are also, so there's ways to shift the different imbalances of the doshas and you can do that through different activities different exercises but you can also do it with food is that correct
1: yeah, that's correct
0: because i want to get a little specific here on things to eat during this time for each of the doshas because okay. i think that would be super fascinating
1: yeah okay um yeah again to go to go into the general view is that we're living in a time of heightened vata. So we want to definitely balance vata. And we can do that with our food by adding routine in our life. Um, you know, having like getting going to bed at around the same time every day, getting up around the same time every day, having meals around every time at The same time uh, every day, um, and also it can be, you can find balance with the things that you eat. Um, so for a vata, that would be uh, warming um, and very unctuous, so oily, a little bit more heavy. Because you know we want to bring that air and space element down to the earth, so we want to eat foods that are a little bit more heavy. Um, not too heavy to digest but just you know filling and um, really nourishing the kind of foods that we think of um, in autumn and and winter you know the thing that those kind of um, foods are really nourishing for vata
0: and that's kind of everyone across the board right now could do with a little bit of that it sounds like because regardless of your inherent dosha all of us have a little bit more vata maybe than we should exactly
1: and also um, no other dosha can be out of balance without vata being out of balance because vata is the the energy of movement so if you have a pitta or a kapha imbalance it will surely also mean that vata is out of balance so it really helps to get that regularity in your life and then you know nourishing foods but not too heavy and also not too light so we want to go somewhere in between because vata digestion is very on and off so sometimes it's very strong and sometimes you know they forget to eat all day and then they'll suddenly have a really big meal um, at the end of the day mm. um, and then when we look at uh, pita in general pita can be seen as a hot or uh, a yeah, hot person like hot blooded, <laughs> literally. Um, so we want for pitas to cool down and we can do that with uh, cooling foods, but it's not because something is cold that it is cooling. So it's very interesting. Every food has their, has their energy and, and this potential or energy of a food is called firia, um, which can be either heating or cooling. Um, an example of uh, cooling foods would be, um, let's say, coconut oil and mint and cucumber. So the things that you often crave in the summer, really watery, um, watery foods um, to go and, ex- and lower that fire that that is burning so high.
0: So if you're living with a, if you're living with a fiery, just try to sneak them some cool cucumber salads. Yeah. get them to cool down, or if you are that person just make note of that yeah. so that you're not you know spreading that rage onto everyone around yeah you.
1: exactly yeah and and you will notice if you are um high p- uh, pita constitution if you you might crave a lot of peppers and spicy food but when you do it's gonna r- raise the heat in your body even more and increasing you know, your irritability and it, uh, causing other um, pita imbalances so if you are prone to that um, it's better to stay with the cooling foods, um, and I also want to mention, um, Pita has a very strong digestion, so they could eat all day and and still be hungry. Um, <laughs> they're also, you know, the, the term "hangry" was invented for pitas. <laughs> <laughs> i'm
0: thinking of, of some very specific people yeah I who that one
1: <laughs> yeah I, I think we all know know people like that um because they have such a strong digestion raw foods in general are really hard to digest but for a person with a pita type uh, mind body um they can deal with that they they are fine with Um, salads Um, although I would recommend to have them at lunch when at lunchtime when the digestion is strongest Um, but pita is the one who um, can digest um, the salads well Um, Fata sometimes because their their digestion is a bit too irregular so sometimes they may be very doing very well uh, with salads, but when their digestion is low, they might get really gassy um, and get some problems with their gut because they don't they're not digesting it well. And Kafa uh, has a low digestion in general, so they're not so good with um, with salads. Um, might be a bit better when eaten at lunchtime, but the evening is is not the best time to have uh, raw foods. Yeah. So for kaffa we want to increase the digestive fire um and kaffa in nature is cold so we want to add some heating um, foods so kaffa can have the chilies and the peppers and and all the spicy foods um in moderation but they 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 yeah they can handle it they it it might bring them more into balance and it might you know uh get them into action a little bit more so where pita would be completely frantic uh, responding to that a kapha might actually um, find this really nice um, energy um, eating foods like that Um, kapha needs to eat light foods because they are so prone to uh, being overweight Um, and i would say at least half of of their plate should be vegetables, preferably cooked vegetables.
0: So I'm curious (laughs) now, because what you said about the digestive enzymes is really Mm -hmm. interesting to me. So basically you would recommend having your largest meal Mm -hmm. at lunchtime.
1: That's right.
0: And then, so then what about breakfast? Because I know, especially here in America, it's all about like breakfast, the most important meal of the day. And it's often a very, very big meal Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. What's your take on yeah.
1: that? Um, yeah, that's not true. <laughs> so <laughs> we want to see our, you know, our digestion. Um, in Ayurveda, we talk about agony and that is our uh, digestive fire. And just like a real fire, um, I don't know if, if you know how to make a fire, but you start with a spark and some kindling. And then you get a really small fire and then you put something small on top of that so that the fire gets a little bit bigger. And then you can put even bigger sticks and blocks on top of that. So and then you get like a a proper big fire. And then when the fire is going out, you just give it either, you know, the fire goes out by not giving it any food or by giving it foods um, or sticks in this case. Uh, that are too big. So if you would put like a massive log on a small fire, the fire will also die. And it's the same with food and our digestive fire. So if you're going to have a very large breakfast on a very small digestive fire, uh, because our digestive fire goes together with the sun. So in the morning, it is very low. And then at lunchtime, it will peak and then it will go down again. And then it stays you know, on maintenance level uh, for the night, uh, going going much lower, and then again in the morning we wake up. It starts rising. We give it some kindling, then it rises, and um, and so on and so on. So it's it's a cycle of nature that is really important to um, to follow. Uh, so if you have this really big breakfast, your your digestive fire is is gonna is gonna die. Basically, it's it's gonna get very low. Um, because it's too much, uh, too soon to digest. And in Ayurveda, we see um, undigested foods um, as the cause of um, many diseases. So if this is something that you're doing regularly, if it happens once in a while, your body can deal with that, no problem. But if this is happening regularly, then you might have really low um, digestion. And then,
0: um, yeah,
1: symptoms of disease will start um, emerging after a
0: while well it makes a lot of sense because you're just that perfect analogy that you gave you're throwing all these huge logs onto this tiny little Mm -hmm. spark so you know you're not going to light that metabolism for the day and then because you haven't really got that great digestive enzymes Mm -hmm. going you're not going to be absorbing as many nutrients from your food you're going to you know perpetually be trying to digest these things so that makes a lot of sense and then what is your take on snacking? Mm.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to make myself popular here. I know. <laughs> okay. It depends on your type as well. So um, in the case, I'll start with Pita because they are so hungry all the time. Um, they might need three to four meals a day, proper meals. Um In case they get hungry between meals, pita fire can digest the snack. Um, But in general, you want to uh, feed your digestive fire with a real meal so that it has the time to completely burn the meal and then take the the nutrients from that Um, because if you just keep snacking and eating all day, that's also going to cause the the fire to just stay low um, the whole day because you're never giving it the biggest logs. So it's never going to get to that point where it's roaring and digesting everything. It's just going to stay, you know, like medium. And and yeah, it's, it's not the ideal situation. So for a pita, if they're hungry, they can have snacks. Like I would say, you don't want to see a hungry pita <laughs> so for you know the sake of world peace pitas have a snack um fatas have a tendency for snacking all day long um, and there's also this belief you know um that was that was um told when when i was younger you need to eat six meals a day to keep your blood sugar stable um not true on the contrary I mean, it's it's a whole topic, uh, blood sugar balancing. So I don't want to go too deep in, deeply into it and, and just stay with the snacking. But the Vata uh, type personality really needs to take care that they have their proper meals because they often forget to eat because they're so busy and then they're in their flow, in their creative flow and doing their work. And then they just don't think about food until they come out of their flow. And it's like, oh, and then sometimes even, you know, their hunger has passed because they haven't, given the fire anything so also the fire has gone out Um, Mm. and that's also why uh, vata type uh, person are usually um, very skinny so they are the leanest uh, of the three types Um, so for vata i would rather recommend to have three proper meals uh, than to be snacking all day long because of you know the, the, the 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 feeding of the digestive fire that we want to do and then finally, kapha, uh with with um, the low digestive fire. Oh, they love snacking. <laughs> they love the sweets and uh, how the cookies <laughs> and, the, and the cakes. And yeah, um, but because they have a tendency to gain weight, uh, also because the fire is so low, snacking is not recommended for kaffa. And they could even do with just two meals a day. So maybe a breakfast that's, um, I don't know. It could be a piece of fruit, although fruit is cooling, but something really light, uh, and then have their main meal uh, at lunchtime, like like everybody, like all the like is good for all the types, and then a very small dinner, like a soup or um, some stewed vegetables, something like that is really uh, light to to digest.
0: That's so interesting because so often I'm, I I always have breakfast and lunch, but so often dinner time comes, I'm just like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not really hungry. Don't need to eat. Yeah,
1: anything. the the the, um, the type that is um, kapha is the type that responds the best to fasting. Um, so mm. the trick is to fasting can also increase your digestive fire, so it can make it go out if you you know not eating for for too long. But it can also really light the fire, and if the fire is already low then it will stoke the fire and you should only eat when you're really hungry and fasting can help with that. So for a kafa, it's actually really good to have a longer time between meals um, and to really make that connection with the body. Like, is it my mind that is wanting the food or is it the body that is wanting the food now?
0: Bringing it back to what you were saying about how our digestive fire is linked with the sun. And I've heard several times now that really we should stop eating as soon as the sun sets exactly yeah and so that seems to be very fitting with that same theory of you know once the sun sets our digestive enzymes are shutting down for the day exactly
1: yeah it's a time to you know get ready for for bed uh for rest because um that's when we digest i mean digestion is not just food we have to digest the whole of our day and everything that is coming in through our senses so you know our work our relationships with others uh, during this day um, what you were reading what you were watching all of that needs to be digested and we do that in our sleep if we are too busy like with just with you know digesting food um, on this really low fire during nighttime, we don't have proper digestion Mm,
0: wow i love that that was such a beautiful yeah
1: (laughs) so yeah ayurveda is big big on on digestion but it's not just in the 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 physical or the literal sense but also in the figurative or or metaphorical uh, sense
0: well thank you so much that was really is such a beautiful look at you know how Mm -hmm. each of the types can and i believe you have a dosha quiz on your website Yeah, i do i have a quiz with a
1: with a workbook Um, that gives you a short introduction uh, what your dominant type is and then what to do to balance that uh, dominant type.
0: Okay, yeah, I'll make sure that I link it in the show notes so everyone can go pop over there and do that. But was there anything else you wanted to add? Any other resources you recommend people check out? Um,
1: I have a blog post I wrote about really good Ayurveda resources. So there are some really great podcasts around Um, I linked my favorite books um, and then also some of my own uh, blog posts. So it's a really good place to start um, exploring, I would say. yes.
0: Sure. Okay, great. Yeah, I'll find that and I'll make sure I link it too so everyone can check it out. Well, Irina, thank you so much. This was wonderful. I really, and I have to guess, are you Kaffa?
1: I'm I'm Pita Kaffa
0: oh okay I was like I'm definitely getting yes yeah yeah, true yeah (laughs) um
1: yeah my body is more kapha type and my mind is more pitta I would say but overall very very strong pitta
0: okay oh that's so interesting well thank you so much I cannot wait for people to hear this again I think it's just so relevant and it's coming at well-being from such a full body perspective that I just absolutely yeah
1: yeah thank you so much for having me I really enjoyed our talk